And so we come today to reflect and resume our meditations upon the mysteries of the Holy Rosary, today being the fourth sorrowful mystery, that of the carrying of the cross, the fruit of which is patience. And so it seems a, a rather sensible thing for us if we're going to carry our cross, we need patience in dealing with it because our Lord, as He was walking along with the way of the cross, as He was walking along the path, as we know, at any moment He could have simply decided to stop the whole thing. At any moment, he had the power, he had the authority um, to be able to simply to just essentially snap his fingers or even just to will it, and he could have been at Calvary, but he didn't. He persisted in walking the entire way, patiently bearing the mockeries, the insults of the crowds, of his persecutors, of those who would soon put him to death on the cross. He bore these things patiently along the way, and so it's for us to be able to, to do similar things in our own daily life, the, the patient way of the cross that we make of our, of our ordinary uh, journey with our blessed Lord in this life. And so it's for us to, to understand these things and know that we too must have patience. Uh, and so um, might as well just end the homily there, huh? Just straightforward today. You know that's not going to happen. The fact is that whenever one goes on the stations of the cross, when one makes the way of the cross, one walks through the ordinary streets, just as our blessed Lord would have on the day that He Himself was crucified. There was, of course, much going on as the Passover preparations were being made and the last-ditch efforts to try to get everything in order, and, and people coming into town, family and friends finding their places to stay, and all of the regular hustle-bustle of, of life in Jerusalem around Passover time. All of this would have been happening as our Lord was making His way to the cross. We know that the cross was not uh, an exclusive event in the life of our Lord. In fact, there were three men who were crucified that day, Dismas, St. Dismas, and the other man, whose name is, is not recorded uh, in the sacred Gospels, so given to us. But uh, these three were crucified, and it wasn't uh, an extraordinarily unique event. Anytime the Romans deemed somebody having committed a particular crime, the punishment was crucifixion. It was a good one because it was very visible, it was very painful, and it was a good motivator on the account of both of those things to have other people not do that thing as well, right? So it's a good motivator. You see someone gasping for breath on the cross, you say, you know, I don't think I want to do the thing that got them there. Pretty simple and straightforward and effective means in so many ways. And so to see people walking by with their cross on the way to the place where they would be killed was not, would not have been a terribly unusual thing. Certainly people would have stopped and wondered about what had the man done. Perhaps they had heard, perhaps not. But as Jesus walked by, it would have likely been different. They would have known him. They would at least have heard about him. And people whispering, you know, here he comes, here he comes, would have been making its way through the streets to know who it is that was being persecuted who it was that was making the way of the cross, who it was that was being sent out to die. And yet, in all the ordinary things, it would have been normal daily life other than that. As one makes the way of the cross today, the Via Dolorosa, it is very much the same. It is regular streets. There are certainly little plaques here and there that say Via Dolorosa or have a little, a little arrow pointing a particular way or have the, the Roman numerals etched into the walls or on a little plaque to indicate this is the place where this, this particular station is commemorated. But in all, it's a normal average walk in the streets. As we were making our morning walk to be able to pray the stations, 
our group of some 50 people or so, gathered together and began to pray. And as we were making our way along, kids with their backpacks with their favorite cartoon characters were on it, running, running through the streets, ready to go to class. There were people who on their, on their motorbikes, because the streets are, are, are steps on two sides, but a flat, a flat ramp in the middle, so you walk on the sides, but the motorbikes drive through the middle because it's, it's a street. Uh, and so motorbikes are driving past us. People are walking out to the, front, to the front porch and throwing out their garbage into the streets before our feet, kind of wondering what all that was about until the beeps started happening and the garbage truck came and passed by. And so they were picking up garbage and, you know, kind of had to push us off into, a, into the alleyway for a moment in the midst of our prayerful stations so the garbage truck could get, get, could get by. It was very much ordinary life happening. Nothing really extraordinary that day for those people, and it would have been the same in so many ways for our Lord, the only exception being that it was Passover. And so, the ordinary things of life are the way where our Lord often invites us to pick up our cross, because that's the hardest place to pick up the cross. Because we can think about the cross in, in the larger ways, the, the more glorious ways, where we can, you know, kind of a, have a, a romantic or fantasized version of this is what the sufferings will look like, and sometimes it may take place. But as anyone knows who carries a cross in ordinary life even a little bit, this is not the majority of things. One of my brother priests kindly let me know, as I began my priestly ministry, he said, Brent, if you think your priesthood is going to be a glorious, like glorious sufferings where you can, you know, powerfully and beautifully unite yourself to the cross, you're wrong. Most of it's going to be meetings that are too long or because the server is not ringing the bell quick enough or because he's ringing the bell too quickly or not long enough or too long. Or they sing that song again, they just, just don't really care to hear. And because they pick it, and you have to hear it three times on Sunday because that's the mass schedule, and everybody else hears it once. This is your cross. And I was like, noted, right? It's not going to be the, the 3 a.m. phone calls to be able to run to the hospital. I can count the number of those I've received on probably two hands in 12 years. But the number of those other things are regular weekly occurrences, ordinary things where the Lord is inviting me in a particular way to be patient to this moment with a person or persons or situation. All of us have these things in whatever manner they come to us, but there are opportunities for us to be able to take up the ordinary things and to bear them patiently. They are not glorious. They're not the, the amazing things that you get to talk about and be like, wow, you know, I was heroically, heroically patient today. The red light let only two cars go in front of me, but you know, I was patient. It was good, and everyone will have a round of applause for us, right? It's not a thing. It's the reality that whenever ordinary stuff happens, you just bear it and life goes on. But if we bear it in union with Christ, it is powerful, it is effective, and is eminently fruitful. And this is the special piece for us, is to bear things patiently with our Lord, to bear the sufferings of our life in union with Him because of our time spent with Him. As our Lord made His way through the stations, as we see them commemorated in the, in the stations of the cross beautifully around our church, one can look and see that our Lord fell three times we commemorate. And those three falls, we know from tradition, are um, basically a summation of the other falls that He had. There were more than three, but to have had, you know, a fall every other station would be a bit overkill for us, we think. 
But the three falls of our blessed Lord is he comes and he falls into the dust of the streets, falls to the dirt of things. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. He is humbled there before the people. He is literally humbled. He is pressed into the ground by the weight of the cross that falls upon him. He is pressed into the dirt, the dirt which he himself gathered together and made a man, breathing life through his nostrils to be able to give him an immortal soul. The Son of God is humbled there before us on our behalf. Humus, dirt, human, dirt. Christ lays himself in the dirt, but then he gets up. Three times during the stations, he falls, but he rises up again. And last time he falls, we commemorate on the way to the cross. He doesn't lift himself up, but he himself is fastened to the cross by nails and lifted up by someone else, that we might be able to look upon him whom we have pierced. But he falls to the dust and rises again to keep going. And this for us is an encouragement, I would suggest, in the manner by which we are to grow in patience. And it's not simply by being patient in the midst of things, although that certainly is the case, but it is by submitting ourselves to our blessed Lord and finding ourselves frequently on the ground. This is the place where people come to our Lord and come to God all throughout the Scriptures. On the Mount of Transfiguration, whenever Peter, James, and John hear the voice of God and they see the Lord in His glory, they fall face to the ground. All throughout the Old Testament, anytime someone has the voice of the Lord present to them, whenever God comes present to them, when, when, when Elijah is in the mountain and the Lord passes by, they cower and cover their face, pressing their face to the ground. When Peter catches, whenever they catch the, the miraculous, you know, catch a fish and all of these things, Peter throws himself at the feet of our Lord and says, depart from me, I am a sinful man. He throws himself at the feet of the Lord. Mary is frequently found at the feet of our Lord washing his feet with her hair, with her tears, there to be able to sit at his feet in Bethany to listen to his word. All of these individuals fall frequently at the feet of the Lord. They humble themselves. And this is the invitation for us, for the, for, for the virtue of patience. As we know that every tree produces a particular fruit. You plant an orange tree, it grows oranges. You plant an apple tree, it grows apples. If something otherwise happened, we'd all be rather confused about the thing and probably find ourselves in the local newspaper. The fact is that whenever this applies in the natural world, it also applies in the supernatural world, the spiritual realm of things. There are certain things, certain trees in the spiritual life that produce particular fruits. And we look at a whole variety of them, but for our, for our reflections today, it's important simply to note that the tree of humility bears forth the fruit of patience. If you would like to see if you are humble, ask yourself if you are patient. It's a good litmus test. The tree of humility bears forth the fruit of patience. And so, it is for us frequently to find ourselves humbled, as our Lord was as He made His way to the cross. Humbled in the sense of being on the ground, lowered, to be able to prostrate oneself before the Lord, to be able to kneel before the Lord, to be able to genuflect before Him, to place ourselves spiritually at His feet if our knees don't permit us or wouldn't permit us to get back up if we made ourselves down all the way. 
in whatever posture it is that we can, to humble ourselves before Him and to spend time in His presence, choosing the better part which Mary herself chose. To spend time with the Lord is to be able to acknowledge that God does things in manners that we ourselves are not often understanding of. Pride manifests in a variety of ways, some of which can be the fact that, that we do things impatiently because we would rather have things in a particular way. We would rather our, you know, would rather the, the red light let us through rather than turn yellow or, 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 or um, to turn red. We'd rather that, uh, that certain things that the, the line of the bank would move a bit quicker. We'd rather that, you know, Father would show up to, for time on, uh, on time for confessions. You know, we'd, we'd rather a whole lot of things that we would want to have happen. And we are rather impatient sometimes when they are not, when they don't happen the manner that we would like them to happen. And to be able to endure these things patiently is to acknowledge in ourselves that, in a very simple way, I'm not in control of this situation. There's something greater at work here, that the world doesn't revolve around me, it doesn't adjust itself to me, it doesn't require my consent. It simply is, and we deal with it. This is the gift of patience for us, and this is something we can especially learn and have fruitful within us by spending time in the presence of the Lord, who Himself teaches us in a very clear way that He is God and we are not. And there are things that He allows, things that He Himself does or that He permits, that we are not able to understand, but if we submit ourselves to Him, we will know that there is grace there, that there is something at work, and thus we will be able to appreciate those moments where we would otherwise be impatient with the things happening in us and around us and simply open our hearts to the Lord who may be doing something that we are simply not able to see, to accept the fact that we are not in control of the situation and the world does not revolve around our own particular will in that moment. And so this is the grace the Lord offers for us today, to be able to come and to humble ourselves before Him once more in this Holy Mass to frequently find ourselves in the sacred liturgy upon our knees before the one true God, knowing that if we humble ourselves before Him, He will exalt us. And if we humble ourselves here in, this, in His presence, He will give us patience. He will teach us patience, that we too, whenever we are asked to carry the cross, whenever it is thrust upon us, whether as our Lord or as Simon of Cyrene to help carry someone else's, it is for us to turn to the Lord and to submit ourselves to His holy will to humble ourselves before him and to bear these things patiently as he himself has first done for us.